Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmayla. This is David Lichtenstein. This week we'll be discussing guns in shul, become a very relevant topic, and we'll also speak about burying the Kedoshim, hear from the front lines what's going on. How are the Kedoshim being buried? Halachically, there's actually quite a discussion on it. Do you do tara on them? Do you change their clothing, etc.? Are they buried with their shoes? We're going to be speaking to Rafael Yada Goldwicht, happens to be my son-in-law. He's the head of Smichas Chaver, which is certainly, he's certainly one of the biggest Marbite Tire in the world. They're in over 200 locations around the world. He's also a Rav in Ranana, and he's Rav of the Chaver Kadisha in the army. And we'll be speaking about how they identify the bodies, how they bury them, what do they do for Aguna issues, etc. Then we'll be dis- discussing about guns in Shul. Should we train people in every Shul to carry guns? Should there be armed security guards? Are guns mukta? Are you allowed to carry a gun in a place that doesn't have an Erev? Could you wear it in a holster? Is it considered a lavush? What is the Torah Hashkafa about carrying guns? And what message would carrying guns give over to children? We'll have Reb Nacham Eisenstein. He's a Talmud Muvik of Rebel Yashiv. He's the Rav of Malatafna. He's the head of the Geris Bezdin. And then we'll have from Chicago, Reb Moshe Revach, Rav in Chicago, Rosh Hashiva of Skoki. He's a Mechaber of Sfarim. And then we'll be speaking to Yoni Burstein, a firearms instructor from Chicago, how to carry guns and shul responsibly. So it should make for a very interesting and current program. Next week, we will be dis- discussing about Pidgin Shuyim, the hostages. And Pidgin Shuyim, Yesrael Kadei Demeyim, we'll be speaking about the Gilad Shalit exchange of 1,026 Arabs for uh, one, uh, one Israeli soldier. You know, I was thinking that on the news, there's this issue of, um, are the Israelis, is it a proportionate response you know, this that they're doing in Gaza. So I made a cheshben. Well, it is a proportionate response. Why? Because if one terrorist, if if one Jew is worth 1,026 terrorists, then 200 uh, hostages would be worth 250,000 Arab lives. Right? Or if you count the 1,300 people that were killed, it would be around the million four hundred thousand would be proportionate to the Gilad Shalit exchange. That would be my response to proportionate. In general, when they speak about proportionate, I'm curious, when the Nazis or with the Japanese, they attacked the United States, did anybody uh, say when the United States attacked back, you know, it's, it's an improportionate response. We're bombing their villages. We're bombing, they carpet bombed Dresden. They carpet bombed Tokyo. Forget about what they did to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Has any nation that's been attacked by another sovereign nation and, and fought back, has it been criticized that it's uh, attacking the cities of the nation that attacked it? I can't think in history once that this happened. So A, it's proportionate. And B, this, the, 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 the concept of not of fighting back is, is the only pl- people who it's, uh, this, oil is placed on is Kal Yisrael, is, is Israel. Regardless, should make for a most interesting program. Before we go to our program, I would like to say a short vart. This week we have the 10 Nisyonis that Avram Avinu was Nisnasa, Basara Nisyonis Nisnasa Avram Avinu. And the question is, why did Rabbi Shalom test Avram? Like, is it like, test, like, let me see how much I could make you suffer to see if you're really a good Jew. That's how I understood it when I was a kid. And it, it did, didn't ring well with me. Like, is that it? It's like, you know, can we torture you to see if you're good? Right? Which is how I always understood it until now, you know? Another option is, 
what people will say. You know, they say, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. So it was to make Avram stronger, to make Hal Yisrael stronger. You know, the Nefshechaim famously writes, it says, Asara doiris me noyach ad Avram, but then it says, Basara nesyonis nesnas Avram avinu. It doesn't say avinu by Asara doiris, because he gave us over these strengths, now we're tougher. That's one way to look at it. But I want to look at it with a different view this week. And L'chair of Akfal Yisrael is going through is certainly Nesyainis, terrible Nesyainis now. Nesyainis are adversity. And we could look at adversity as simply a maka, something we have to survive, come out stronger from. But on the other hand, adversity can take you to places, could define you, that you've otherwise never done. It's like adversity could cause focus. It could bring out the strengths of a person. No, there was a woman in, in central United States by the name of Leitner. Her daughter was killed, 13-year-old daughter, by a drunk driver. It was his fifth time that he had been arrested for drinking and driving. And he had gotten, you know, a slap on the wrist here and a slap on the wrist here. He only got, he served nine months for killing her daughter. She was a 13-year-old girl. And she was so outraged, she formed something called MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. And she changed the legislation in all 50 states where now drunk driving is considered a, a homicide. And people can go to jail for 10 years or longer for drunk driving. But this was done because of adversity, the anger and the focus, the koiches hanefesh that adversity can bring out. But also something else, you know, adversity means you have to start looking for options. And it pushes you out of your comfort zone. There was a teenager in England, her name is Evelyn Glennie. And her whole life, she wanted to be a musician. And she was very talented. She applied to the Royal Academy of Music, and uh, which is like, you know, the most prestigious school in England. And uh, she played a bunch of different instruments when she, you know, sh she demonstrated her skills for her audition. But they didn't accept her. And why didn't they accept her? She was deaf. And the London School of Music said that um, we, we can't accept a deaf person as a musician. Nine years later, she became the world's most famous drummer, percussionist. She won numerous, numerous pages full of awards. She must be an amazing drummer. And when she was asked, how could she be so good if she's deaf? She said, um, it's like, she said, it's interesting, but when you listen to music with your ears, you're listening to it on a very shallow level, and it could be easily distorted by other sounds, by wind, by vibration. So she said she didn't have ears, so she used her entire body like an ear. So she plays barefoot. She says she can feel the sound from the floor. She says the higher notes resonate in her face and her neck. The lo lower notes reverberate her legs and her feet. She does an amazing talk she did about it. And what does that mean? When we're forced, because of adversity, out of the center lane, and now you have to look for optionality, you can discover amazing things. And what else will adversity teach you? When, you ha when, you, when you're forced to look for optionality, for options, you start to discover your own uniqueness and your own kaychas hanefesh, and you teach yourself a different type of self-respect. So Klal Yisrael is the most productive. We're a tiny Ummah with 13 million people or something like that. And yet we're the most productive nation in the world, in Ruchnius, in Gashmius. Maybe the Rabbi Nishalem was starting of Ramoth right away. The first thing we see from him, Lech Lecha Me'artzacha. Maybe he's telling him, you know, I want you to be the greatest ever. Remember, Adam is Avram David Mashiach. You are the beginning of a new Adam. And the only way you can be great is through adversity. 
Did you ever see like a rich kid? His parents cosseted him. They helicopter parents. He never had to do anything. You see him 30 years later, if you haven't struggled, you won't create, period. That's the message to Avram Avinu. I want to create Avram David Mashiach. Avram is the challenged person, the person who was Nisnase. And when you think of it, what are the Nisyanis of Avram, one by one? Lech lecha If you sit at home in a warm cocoon, how much can you really grow? Lech lecha And the young man picked up his suitcase and he began his journey. And what's the next thing? You see people, they came into the job market during a bull market when everything's great. When there's problems, they have no idea what to do. And then take people who started working when things were tough. And then they learned how to deal with famine. And if you grow up in famine, you can certainly live, do well during plenty. You have the, uh, those who say that being thrown into the Kivshana Eish was an Asayan. There are going to become times in life where you're going to really have to battle for your beliefs. You will be mocked, you will be scorned, you'll be put in danger. But when you battle for your beliefs, you will actually end up believing a lot better with a lot more clarity. So Avram is the tsura of the Adam of the, who goes through Nisyanis, the person who uses adversity to become the Aleph of Adam, Avram David Mashiach, to become the Adam HaShalem. The more adversity, the greater the Adam. Now, of course, there are types of adversity, Rahman al-Watsan, we never want. Like you see people had now in Eretz Yisrael, you know, with all those deaths and hostages, etc. So there is certainly Nisyanis that go beyond the pale. But the regular, the, you know, the Nisyanis that Avram Avinu had, these are the Nisyanis that make an Adam. These, 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 they're not, can you survive it? They, can you come out of it knowing more, learning, learning about yourself, learning new life's experiences, learning what it means to be an Adam Ashalim, what it means to be a great person. So if we want to be Talmidi Avram Avinu, what do we, what do we ask? You say, Rabbi Nishalem, give us adversity so we could grow. Give us enough adversity that we could grow and not so much adversity, Chas Vishalem, that breaks us or that we can't survive. And that's what we wish both for ourselves and for our children, because we want to be Talmud Avram Avinu. Let's go to our riddles of the week. Okay, here's our first riddle. Light was captured. Isn't it ironic? This week's parsha is the parsha of the first uh, Shevi. So here's the question: The Sman Chayshin Mishpat in Simin Tav Chavav says that there's no chiv to be machnis yourself in Sakana to be matzal yichaver. Now the question is: if There's no chiv. There's no mitzvah. So then, l'chayru, you would think it shouldn't be allowed. So how is Avram allowed to go run after the the the, the chamesh malachim to save light when the Sma says? That there was no chiyav, and more than that, when the if you look in the the paiskim on the spot and the nice kalim and the shulchanarach they bring from Radvaz, that somebody who does do it is called a chassid shaita. So certainly, according to Radvaz, who holds that if you put yourself in sakana to save another person, you call the chassid shaita. How is Avram Avinu allowed to do it? Which means we have a good kasha on the Radvaz, right? That is our first riddle, a relevant riddle. Now here's the second riddle. The Yavar Avram Beretz Admakim Shem. Admakim Shem, Rashi says, Lispalo Albene Yaakov, Kishiavayul, Hilachim Bishem. Shimon and Levi famously had their big battle in Shem. They killed out Shem. So the Yavar Avram Beretz Admakim Shem, he came to be Mispal for his Enikloch. So here's the question. The Pasik later says, Tesvav Bez, Vanoichi Haile Hariri. He thought he wouldn't have children, like Rashi says, Shalayilay Banim, Shalayilay Yairish. Ochaira, the two Rashis, are so one, the other. 
How could you say if he didn't think he was going to have kids? Why was he going at Makim Shem to be Mispal? Doesn't make a lot of sense. He went to Shechem to Mispal for his Anikloch, and then he tells Rabbi Shalom afterwards, that I don't have kids. Well, if you don't have kids, why were you being Mispal? And Rashi says he thought he wouldn't have a Yerish. Why was he going to Shechem for? Doesn't make sense. Why was he going to be Mispal there? They say somebody came to his Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe, I need a bracha that I don't have children. So his Rebbe said to him, uh, How long are you married? So he said, uh, Seven months. So he said, Seven months? So why are you worried? He says, I'm worried because my parents didn't have children. So he says to him, if your parents have children, where are you from? He says, me? I'm from Chist. If you want to leave a message by phone or dial in by phone to listen, in America, our number is 732-806-8700. In England, it's 44, like that's the country code, 33011-70250. In Eretz Yisrael, it's... Uh, Zero two three seven two zero three zero four. Now let's go to our wonderful guests. Joining us from Eretz Yisrael is my son-in-law, Harab Yada Goldvik, who's uh, serving in now in the army in Eretz Yisrael. Welcome, Rabbi Yada. Shalom Bracha. So, my first question is, you have over 200 locations in the world where your Michat Chavar program is being learned, right? And there's thousands and thousands of guys taking the test. You've been in the army now for almost three weeks, and you don't know when it's going to stop. So, what happens to Michat Chavar? Well, who, who, how does it run while you're in the army? That's an excellent question. Uh, the short answer is the logistical area. Baruch Hashem has help from Rav Simcha Dumas, who's absolutely amazing. And uh, over a thousand people that are taking the Bechina were able to get the links for the test and able to do it. Uh, with regards to the Rabbanim also, all the logistical stuff that he needs to take care of, uh, he was able to do. Um, all the other stuff is really, I would say, falling through the cracks, or I do very late at night. So it's like, uh, if you find the time that's not day or night, so then uh, you're puffed from running. But here, you just have to find times that are night and day and uh, try to plug it in. But for sure, it's falling through the cracks. It's not um, It's not as good as it as I could hope it could be. Um, but it's not just me. This is, uh, there's over 300,000 people who got called up and everyone has their own job, their own uh, parnasa, their stores that are shut down, their restaurants. Uh, there are people who mamish, you know, they woke up one morning and then everything comes to comes to a halt. You have to defend Amito. And what about the, um, you were supposed to do a big program in America, like a Shabbos in America, Parshas Vayera, and the Rabbanim from the whole world were coming. What happened to that? Yes, yeah, so we were actually, we had planned uh, to come into America with the Rishon Mitzvah and Shlomo Amar, and together with Rosh Hashanah, we're going to go to Chicago for one day, we we're going to go to Toronto for one day, and then we're going to have a big Shabbos, Parshas Vayera, uh, at a hotel. It's supposed to be a, a big Shabbos, Baruch Hashanah, there's a lot of interest. But uh, unfortunately, we had to cancel that uh, for a few reasons. I spoke to both uh, Rav Amar and Rav Shachter, and they both felt that 
it wasn't appropriate to have a get-together, even if it's the Simchas HaTayra, uh, when you know there's over 200 people who are held hostage in uh, in Gaza. And on top of that, I myself, um, I got called up. I'm in the Chavar Kedisha of the army. Uh, so I got called up to, to do that work. So I didn't know also when I would be, when that would happen. So that all got put on hold. Hopefully we'll do it uh, at a better, at, a, at another date. You know, Ami Yisrael Chai, so we will uh, continue and we will uh, prevail. And hopefully we'll do all these amazing things. Uh, hopefully with Mashiach that came together in Yushalayim. But if not, then we'll do it in all these locations as well. So did you ask Shaila? It's a very interesting Shaila. You know, it's by a Mohammed's Mitzvah, which to me, this certainly sounds like a Mohammed's Mitzvah, right? According to, uh, you know, we spoke about on the, how the Bach, and I, I think it's Reishman Tess, because that, on, on the Shulchan Aruch, where it says that when Nachrim surround the town, here, a smucha l'chapar in Shinchav Tess in Shabbos, because it has a dinner of a Mohammed's Mitzvah, like the Lushan of the Rabbim, Tsar, called Tsar Habol Yisrael, but he says that Yimavakal Torah for the Kalam Echupasa. But what about Bibel Torah the Rabbin? Did you ask Yishayla if somebody's um, um, involvement is Gairim Bibel Torah the Rabbin? Would that be any different? So I'll be honest, uh, I, I didn't ask Yishayla uh, because Baruch Hashem, all the other locations around the world, I was able to get them all the material beforehand. So I didn't feel it is a bit of terror job. And there's still all the other locations are able to do it. My personal kabura is that I prepare uh, so that was put a little bit on, on a delay. We were supposed to start last week. Hopefully we'll start next week. Uh, so we basically, instead of, you know, taking off a week in Hanukkah or in January, so we'll probably just uh, learn through. So I didn't feel it was Mama Shabbat Torah uh, But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be. Um seeing what the answer would be. But it's... Uh, it's a shiko that everyone's making. So tell us, what do you do in the army? So I, uh, what, uh, what, what I, I'm part of a, re- a rescue unit that's called Chilutzavat Sarat. It's basically a, a rescue unit, and we're a small part of that. That's the that's the Chavu Kadisha. So we got, I got called up actually on on Shabbos itself on uh, on Simchas Torah. Um, I got a phone call on Shabbos. Now I don't keep my phone on Shabbos, so I didn't even know. Everyone, you know, was hearing different, uh, you know, different shmuas were, were trickling in throughout the day. I didn't even have a half a minute to check my phone. Um, and at Moti Shabbos, I checked my phone, and, uh, and I saw that I got called up. So right away, I, uh, I went. And that week, the, the first week after Simplest Torah was Mamish. Um, uh, there's no words to explain the horrors that, that I saw. Um, but it was a week where I, I guess I, I came in contact with over a 1,000 Kedoshim. Um, and our job was to try to identify them as quickly as possible. So on, on the first day, um, we had most of the most of the bodies that came were from were from this party that was like near near Aza. And these people weren't walking around with you know with their IDs in the pocket. So everyone we had to collect fingerprints. If it was shy, if it was I don't want to get so much into the detail. We should call them, uh, but there's sometimes you couldn't take fingerprints yet. They had to do DNA. And our job was to as quickly as possible try to identify them. Uh, we collected the data, and then the data gets sent to you know to labs and to scientists who we try to figure it out. Uh, and we realized that every second that we're saving, every second that we're moving quickly enough, um, that's saving the family anguish. Uh, the family basically is sitting, and they don't know if their child is kidnapped, if their child is, you know, still hiding under a tree somewhere, shell shocked, or Chassidshon's bed. So we took the job very seriously. Uh, it was done with a lot of Ema and Yura. Whenever we moved one of the kedoshim, it was done very carefully. Everything on Piyalacha, not to walk over one of the nays. If, if a drop of blood comes out, you, you know, and there was a lot. Unfortunately, I, I, I had a new shot. To, I, I saw the, you know, the element says, Nishbach Kamayim, along those Lushans. I don't know if that's a direct quote. But 
But uh, I'm, I'm sure that rivers, rivers of blood, it reminded me of, of the Kina, where they shafted all the babies, you know, to, to all the blood was, was filled in the base of Migdash. And, but we took care of each one and we collected it and we made sure that everyone is, uh, is buried and, and taken care of in, in the cover that's really for him. Because uh, that's Amisal, right? We believe in, in Tchia Sanesim. And, and if this is how we take care of the Mason, uh, came, how we should take care of the Chaim. Right, the, the Gemara already says that Malbim Bnei Chavira Barabim is like Shofar Dami. Why? Because the blood rises to, to his face. He gets all, all red. So here you see the blood rises. Right. So so here we we saw Mamish Dama Mishpach Kamayim, and it gives you a whole a whole new perspective on on life. It gives you a whole new perspective on what's important, what's not important. We saw people lying down, religious, not religious. After Marav Ashram, everyone's the same. Um, and it's, uh, but at the same time, we're, we're yeah, at the end of each day, whenever we, or at the end of every, you know, whenever we have to physically take a break. So we would ask Mechila, we would say Kaddish, we would say Tarek uh, of Sometimes we would stop and we would sing Animamin. Just to, to give us like, um, it, it was so much that you can almost get lost. You can almost like think like this is normal. You know, I, I would imagine everyone, if you think of your shul, most people's shuls are not, uh, don't have a thousand seats. Let's say the big shuls have 300 people. Right, so imagine your shul that has 300 people times four, all in one area. It's 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 numbers that you can't uh, you can't add. Um, and we tried to uh, now, you know, with yeah. Now the kedushim, which are, or the, the, those who are killed um, by goyim, so the mechaber talks about how you you bury them with the blood and with their boots and with their shoes. Is that what you did? I, I, it's funny. This is like since world since since the Holocaust. I don't think this halacha has been like gay ever. Yeah, I think the shock in your idea says that that he gives, he explains. He says the reason why they're 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 buried in their clothing is um is in order to that when they get up to Shemayim to give uh, uh-huh. to be Rachman. They come up different than everyone else. Everyone else goes through a tarot process. These kedoshim do not need a tarot process. They're, like the Gemara Baba Master says, like Shemati Shayomrim Omid Right, that uh, no one can no one can stand in, in the mechitzah of people who are killed because they're Jewish. And when they get up to Shemayim and they look different than everyone else, it's supposed to be more din. I remember when I was doing the, the basic training, I did a very basic training in the army. So they brought us to Har Herzl. So when we went to Har Herzl, we went in the army uniform. So I remember telling my chaveim, and I said, this is the first time in my life where I'm going to a cemetery, and we're wearing the tachrichim that everyone here is buried in. Every soldier that got killed, he gets buried with his army clothing. He gets buried with his, uh, with his uniform. Um, and we were walking there with our uniform. So it's just like, uh, it, was, it was a shocking thing. In the army in general, which is different than civilians, if everyone has ever been to Levi and Eretz Yisrael, Levi and Eretz Yisrael, they're, they're buried in the, in the ground itself. And that's Allah and Shokhanach, that we shouldn't be buried in... Uh, in a bak. When Rav Gorin was, uh, was the rub of the army, so he enacted that all soldiers are buried in a bak. And the reason why they're buried in a bak is because sometimes, unfortunately, there isn't a lot to bury. So Mishum, the covet of the mason, if the bomb exposed and there isn't a lot, they, they collect the body PC on there. So he was mistaken that everyone is buried in a bak. And what could be Mekayim, the Shulchanach, didn't the Shulchanach, so they make holes in the bak. And sometimes there's really something, there isn't a lot what to bury. So when they and when they put it in in the box itself, there there isn't it doesn't weigh a lot. So what what the army will do is they'll put in sandbags in the box in the in the coffin itself. Again, when his friends lift him, they feel like they're actually lifting someone, and they don't feel like they're lifting an empty box. So everything is done with a lot of sensitivity towards the families and towards the the kedoshim to make sure that the covered achron that they deserve is uh, is given to them. All of the Allah. So these are, they're buried with their boots and with literally everything. Mamish with everything. Yes. Yeah. 
And also, I mean, on the first on the first day when we were working, so we had um, my pants got blood, so we had to bury that also. But what, I'm curious. You went to all the big yeshivas. You learned in Baltimore, and you learned in Rabbi Yitzchok but you also learned Parabash Ariely. Why did you decide to to get called up as opposed to saying, "Look, you know, I'm a rabbi, and there's no reason for me to serve. I, I could get a tour, etc." Why did you sort of break that mold? Um, I, for the first half of my life, I, I did have that tour, um, and then I had an opportunity to to come and, and really join this. And to be honest, never in my wildest dreams I thought it would ever come to to fruition. But I had an opportunity, and I felt that it was important. So I think it's uh, it's very important, to, you know, to, to give back when when you could, especially having some people in the army that are that are good, you know, that could somewhat be somewhat of a good role model. So I felt that uh, let me jump in, let me, let me give it a shot, and I never thought. This would happen, and then that could happen. And I can tell you, just in, in my platoon now that we're called up, our unit in Milim, so we have a very small unit that's the Chabad Kedisha. The rest are soldiers that are Chilonim. And after we were dealing with all the Gedoshim for the first, you know, two weeks, we came back to their platoon, and everyone looked at us differently. It was like a whole, like, we sat down, we smoothed to them, and we were shocked to see the sensitivity that Amisol had to uh, these people. And I, I think it was uh, a very good you know, influence on, on that and gave them a whole different perspective on life. So you felt that rather than the army having a negative impact on you, you were able to have a positive impact on the on the Chiloidim in the army. That was the goal. The goal was, was to give back, right? Not always do you get the, the opportunity to give back to Amisol. And here also, specifically in my case, there was uh, when the, the basic service that I did, that was all with Haridim. Uh, but here when I got called up to Miluim, so it, it was the, my unit in Miluim is religious and non-religious. Uh, and there, I actually saw we were able to have uh, a very big ashfa on them. And what is Smichas uh, Chaver? What is next year's program going to be? What are, what are you learning now? So, so unfortunately, all the locations around the world, what they're learning now, except for Smichas Chaver Chabad, um, they're learning halachos of Bikr Cholim and Avilas. Um, how, 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 how timely? Yeah. Yeah. For just for for, for some of these families. Like when when should Shiva start? If they know they were nifter, like there's some there's some people that they know that they were killed, but their bodies were taken by Hamas. So when when would Shiva start for a family like that? So all these halachas are are things we're going to discuss also this month in Simchas Chaver. Or even though the Pashtas, it starts with Stima Sagaylo, or when or by the Levaya, put it that way, right? When when it's Yaitzim or Shusha, he's saying bodies that were taken away by Hamas. That, that means they they, they they may never know when to say Shema. That's well, they're hoping to get them back. Hamas, Hamas holds on to them. Hamas knows that they're Jewish and they use it as a bargaining tool. So Hamas knows where exactly every single body is. And now the family is saying, one second, we know where he is. So officially, Kura should start by, uh, Shiva starts by Kura. But here, Kura might be tomorrow or it could be in two weeks or three weeks or a year. Or who knows? I mean, my, my just my first thought is, is that the halacha is, is that when the nace leaves the rishos to Kfura, right, Marshall, somebody's buried in America, they would start sitting shiva when they put it on the plane. But here, you know, when it leaves, but here the problem is it's not even on a target to Kfura, so it's very difficult on the same right. when they would sit shiva. Yeah, it's a very right. unusual situation. That we, and yeah. Yeah, I thank you very much for your time, and Rana Shalom should watch over you and all your battalion. And all of our should come home safely. All of our should come home safely. Colton, thank you.
We have on the phone with us Hagarin Reb Nachum Eisenstein from Yerushalayim. He was the Makurav Shamash Bakaydish with the Rashka Bahag, Rebel Yashiv Zechariah Lavracha. He also made him the head of the Geiris Bezdin and many other Stellas. He's a Rav in Yerushalayim. Welcome, Reb Nachum. Shalom Aleichem to all the listeners. Let me ask you about um, guns in Shul. People today in America, there was, you know, it's funny, I have a show in in, in, Lake, in, in, in Muncie, it's called the Balshemtiv show. Yeah. And a guy said um, that he wants to pay for a, an armed, you know, guard in front of the show for Davide. And to be honest with you, I didn't think it's necessary. And I think that when we react this way, we're sort of, we're already giving in to the terrorists. So that's all, you know, you're running up the expenses. But this guy said he would like it and he wants to pay for it. So I said, okay, I didn't share. Um, yeah, yeah, but the question is a lot of now, there's a lot of people going around that saying that they're making groups to teach every shul should have a few people with, who are trained with guns so that uh, Jews should be able to protect themselves. And I know that you've, you, you've worked on the sugya. I heard you wrote a tshuva on it, and I'm curious, what's I'm your sure. opinion? <laughs> uh, so, so by, first of all, it's not only the barricade, it's in Eretz Yisrael also. Eretz Yisrael, now that uh, yesterday or the day before, there was a, uh, the Hezbollah was warning Yom Azam. A week ago, the Hezbollah was uh, warning, was, uh, that they make a Yom Azam, which means that they're going to do uh, social terrorist attacks and everything, and the police are on high alert. And uh, they promised before this happened, they promised uh, that there'd be protection in the shuls. And my shul, my shul is on the border. It's on the old, uh, the old, it's the old border. It's uh, it's right on the railroad tracks, which is the, the separation between this Jerusalem and West Jerusalem. We call the police a hundred times. They, they kept on sending to someone else. So we, we have someone, we have a guy. Uh, we didn't want the guard to stand in front uh, with the guy without a gun to scare people off, but uh, we still hate there's a guy that goes around, and uh, we pay him. We pay him good money, and he, uh, we felt we need it. And what do you think about um, um, Eden getting licenses and getting armed and, and being able to protect themselves? First of all, I don't know how much they can protect themselves. And I'll tell you a story once. There was a... A uh, survivor that uh, he was like a Ben Bice in the house when I was a little kid. And he's, uh, he went to the, the Vice Ghetto. His wife and children were, 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 were shot in front of him. He, he was a person that it's, uh, he was a person that wants to be. He physically was very strong, but mentally he was, uh, was disorientated. But he's a, he, he lived normal. He got divorced. I mean, he could, but it makes it the, the, the once he came to our house once. So he used to hang around the house all day. He came to our house, and you understand Yiddish. Or Machem Shurim or Yiddish, no? Yeah, okay. So he, so he, the speaker of Shetzat Yiddish was a, the mother tongue from the, him and my father. He says, Rabbi Yosu, Yichnav Reit, Metayach, and Maishom, Kedi, Kedish, Kedish. So we had a small house. My father says there's no secrets in the house. I don't know where it's at. The kids, you want to speak that people can hear? Good. If you have a secret, that, that house, there's no, no place for secrets. So good. After what's said, so he, he couldn't convince my father to send everyone away. He pulled out a gun, pulled out a gun from his pocket. He said, kill. I shoot the kill. What happened to David? He worked in the Schweizer neighborhood. The day before, he was attacked by the Schweizer. Uh, nothing serious. He was attacked. He got a gun. He says, Excuse to kill. My father convinced him, you crazy person, they'll kill you before you kill them. And it's, uh, what's going to help you with a god? It's, uh, well, a terrorist is going to come in until, until a castle shown you take out the god. Until you start shooting, it's uh, it's uh, 
Uh, we go around the encourage with a third, someone put a sign up in, our, in my neighborhood. Uh, ask me before when you should do it or not. That we should make a group of people with guns to protect the neighborhood. This is about Suva, who was once a name. This is about Suva, he, he was in the American Army for a long time. And, uh, and I told him, Suva, Father God, it was against the best from jail as well to teach, uh, our people to be, we, our, our weapon is Hail Berech and Hail Mesusim, not Hashem and Hail Naskir. So it's a, don't teach them with guns. It's not, it's, but you have a, God is a danger. You see what happened now in Gaza. They shot on a rocket, and there was a mishap that killed 500 people in their hospital. So, so there's, there's the people in the shul to have guns. I, I, I hold it tonight, and it's, it's a shayla and Allah, and Allah, and we can find the date for it. But it's not going to be It's not going to be data. That's, uh, there's a command on heaven, which to bring the down to the core power. You're not allowed to bring your weapon in the shul. Yeah, here's the weapon. So, Okay, so there's a tail with a shasta corner. This is a shasta corner, but they told me what did you do? That's definitely the top base. I'm in Miami now. So I'm in Miami Beach with a lot of souls in the small line. Every soul has between one and three police cars in front of it. That's, uh, so the, the FBI gave out a, a very strong alert. I was driving yesterday. They stopped me by red light. The car came from the other direction. But the guy in the Jeep, I, I, I can't stand the air conditioning. So then I, my windows were open. He opened his window. He said, hi, I'll help you. Who told you that? And that was, <laughs> my wife says, well, lucky to have a guy. The guy who was driving the car across from me. Wow. He saw this once. He saw there was a Jew in the car. He rolled down his window. And he, he said, hi, I'll help you. So that's a, and the FBI says there's definitely a, a high alert now. And we have to be careful. If we, if we have people have gone to the soul, I'm against it for a few reasons. One, like I mentioned before, I don't think it'll help. But to, to take a guard, a guard, I'm guard, that's, uh, that's, there's a psychotic, that's exactly what it should be done. If they, the psychotic is so big, then that might not help. So, and I'm arrived from Shulchanor, and Sibit Shadal, and Rubi Yoshim, and tell me this also, but stay at home. You don't have a clue to come to Davening, and there's a child of psychotic. So why why wouldn't why would you be against it? Uh, just explain the halacha. Our job is to sit in prayer. Our job is is to daven. Our job is to do kasher. That's our job. The army has their job. The police have their job. They have to protect us. Let them do their job, and we do our job. And without learning Torah, without the source of mitzvahs, of chesed, of kabilah chesedim, unfortunately the police or the army have no, no koyach whatsoever. The whole koyach comes with this Torah in Eshes Roll, this Torah with chutzlars, and it gives them the koyach. Without that, Pashim Bayi will be a psychotic for them. They would have been wiped out a long time ago. Let me just ask you one question. Moshe Rabbeinu had an army. It was different than that. And the other was the army made up of the day Torah, of people that I, uh, uh, Yorah, Ram, Levav. They even they had, didn't say Krishna. So, so, why don't we, so, so why don't we teach B'nai Torah in this show that, that it should be Erlicha people in every show who, who have guns, like, like my show, anyway. They, they, they said Matzah was different. Then there was an army which was based on, the Mashiach Mohammed was based on the Kodesh Borch, he said, when to go, what, if not to go, that was based on the Ruach HaKadosh. No, the Shulchan Aruch. 
So we, we, the island is paying, and a, and a lot of shelters just can't afford it. So you're better off doing nothing, or you're better off saying, look, it's a bit of yevet. It's going to hurt your concentration. It's, you have to go for training. It's 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 You know what I mean? Uh, the told me a story that uh, somebody came to. Uh, because lover of, and he said he has two doctors, a guy or a yid, to make a big operation. Who should he do? He said he should take the guy. He said, why? He says, because the guy has al-char b'chatechia, bracha. Yeah. So saying, we're, we're talking about certainly it's a coolie album that we don't want to we don't want to have guns and show uh, you know it's not at what we do but now we're talking about it's a, it's it could be arguably a sashasa sakana we better off the, 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 the ever doing nothing or the ever having guys trained that's it's certainly no, you, you're, 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 you're missing the third option the third okay. option is not to come to show yeah you understand but even the people who come to show or to make or to or to make a private meeting in private houses. So, we should, uh, so saying, everybody is, even the people who aren't worried worry to the point where they don't want to go show, they're concerned. So should they not, should everybody in America, when Hamas says they're doing a day of rage or, or when there's an extended war where people are calling other people Heil Hitler, are we better off with the Evid arming ourselves or with the Evid sitting, sitting um, um, as, as, as sort of uh, exposed? So first of all, the situation in Israel, which I'm familiar with, is different than the situation in America. Without a doubt. No, but for, for two reasons. One, the next is all, it's the, the instructions of daily as well, that we should not get guns, we should not arm ourselves. Our job is to sit and play and the police and the army have to do their job. And with the school subsidiary learning trailer, that the, the police and the army, but we don't want to expose, expose especially young people. We don't want to expose them. They have a gun. Then they get exposed to other things. They'll, and they'll get all kinds of other machshavas. They'll volunteer for here, they'll volunteer for that, and they'll take them out of learning. We have to have an army, a strong army, of employed the title of Islam. Now, what about Balabatim? Who are in Yeshiva? So again, Balabatim are not Yeshiva. They're not going to be lured. I guess that's what I'm saying. The Matzav and the Israel is different than the Matzav in America. If you have massive in America, you talk about Balabatim, there's not an army or a police force which is trying to lure Yeshiva Bakum to leave the Yeshivas and become part of their part of their forces, the police force and the army force. So the next Josh Nazmixius. If if the experts think that a few people have guns in the show, they're in the show. But can carry a gun to the show is is a now a cooler from Yasha for Chamber those. Which is published in the famous Jews, uh, I think, Hail Kyle. Well, he also holds a gun that's not Moksha. Yeah, but he also holds, you should, we, we have a different problem, Rabbi Yashiv also writes with Rosh Hashanah, and he, he argued with Arach Hashanah. That's, 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 yeah. that's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he also had a cool guy with Moksha, but there's three or four other issues involved. Yeah. There's an issue of Rosh Hashanah, there's four or five issues involved, but there's a lot of Shokhanach. There's a lot of Shokhanach. It ends with Shedalaf. That uh, it's not the end Shedalaf is a long period. If a person is at home alone, and he has a lot of money, uh, people know he has a lot of money, and they call him know a lot of money, and he's afraid if he's going to stay home all day, and not to go to Shul, talking about not going to Shul, that the guy of a cop, he's staying home because he's hiding a lot of money. So, the Ramos Mata Bidiyavit. Bidiyavit is allowed to, to sow out the Bitoifer, the money to his baggage, will be bottled as baggage, he should come to show. He should go out.
You have to be home all day. Because you be home all day alone, it's a car and a guy like hap, the something's going on over there. Says the Akashulchit, and that's a Dharma Pashit. But if he could stay home and protect his body, which is in most cases today in the, the American nation's role, a person who stay home without choices or listen to Zuyim, that, that's a, and he says, I'm not convinced that the hundred percent better, and don't go to school. So I, I think I might have mentioned once in the, in the program I had with you, and I always quote this, that I got many years ago, I got a Shiloh from Lakewood. That the streets of Lakewood, I don't have sidewalks, and a lot of the streets are like, uh, old time or rural roads that don't have proper lighting. And the, the Rabbanim came out of the during the week, not Shabbos, that the kids have to go with, with, uh, with bands, you know, with, uh, reflectors. They have to wear reflectors. Now, these reflectors you're not allowed to wear in Shabbos, which is not Derek Baggett. So the question was, since it's a car that they go out, they could be run over, concert, or something else, we want to wear these reflectors on Shabbos. This was a child that was sent to me from Lakewood maybe 20 years ago. He used to raise his voice to Mashu. Rabbi never raised his voice more than the Mashu, but he raised his voice to Mashu. He said, He was raised to Agabar. So the, the sheet wow. is, and the sheet is, and that's what the Orchard Shulchan says. If you can protect your body, you're not going out. So I was certainly right for food. Stay at home, and you're right for food. Don't go to school. The three of the is what they was the culture of the Sir, are you suggesting, because we have a lot of listeners, that Americans should just stay at home for the next few months? Uh, again, well, we also have never answered Shilas. People used to call up, and we go to heaven. These were things were tense in the country. We never, we never, uh, he says, go ask the police. He did, uh, he, he did, the Russian did the Ruach was very practical. Everything he said, he had proof for it, he had rise to it. <coughs> not, not all that we were able to understand what his rise what his proof was. He did say things up the Ruach He said things, the person who called to cooler, he had rise for everything he said. So his Shita was, the Shita, they feel it's dangerous. If the police feel it's dangerous, and the police say you should you should go out, don't go out. Or the police feel that you have to have a guard in front of the show, you have to pay a guard, and then talk about that just wrong. But but Rabnachem again, you said in America, halachically, there's no reason not to have a gun in show, right? Yeah, it's it's show, not to carry it to show. Okay, in Shul's not... Or where there's an Erev, or where there's an Erev, like in a place like Muncie, there's an Erev, or in, you know, Lakewood, I think there's an Erev in parts of Lakewood. It has to be a proper Erev. Yeah, but even... I don't want to give a defect, though. Okay, let's assume it's in Shul. Okay, so let's assume it's in In America, there's no problem with having the gun in Shul. Uh, there's no problem with The God is in Shul has to put a locked place. Has to put a locked place of Kastroshalom. Children and other people should get a hold of it, and it could be dangerous. So when they come to the Shul, maybe keep your standards up. You can, you can put in the standard. Otherwise, it has to be in a locked place, which is which is which children or anyone else, yeah. but even an adult, they want to look at the gun and see how it works. Yeah, it's in a safe. They have gun safes. They have gun safes. 
Okay, so in America, and you deal with Balabatim, and if security people feel, if security people feel that, that that's a safe way of protecting yourself, that uh, that uh, the the gleam in the shul shows all your books, it's a big cool of the Yashem's Chayel Kedarik and he's he's matching with our books. He holds it as a did of the Kliyus of Machlo Yisrael. So he grew for the Kliyus of Machlo. That's interesting. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman held it was a Kliyus of Machlo Leheta because he held that the gun, its its main use is as a deterrent, is when people see it. Yeah, that's what we also hold. Because then we also hold. We also hold those equations. After this, I think the nafkamina between Rabbi Yashiv and Rabbi Shlomo Zalman would be is if the gun is sitting on a chair. According to Yashiv, Eklisha Malachte Eser is only but also a goofy and Makaymay. This is not also a goofy and Makaymay. If you're in trouble. Oh, if you want to sit in the chair, not but if you wanted to just put it away, it would be problematic. But but so but, but going, so you're saying in America you would say if it's locked up, et cetera, it's mutter. But in Eretz it's also because I, 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 it's going to have because of Ashkafa reasons. Yeah, but that it's uh, it's done in a safe way. And if security people think that there's a guns in the soul, they can train people now about them. Now about them. Not Yeshiva life. So that so that be exposed to this. So so I look at Abi that's the way we also zone battle with that's the security people who know better than we know as far as security. However, that's a small soup oil for bottom. What about if somebody's in the Shtachem? What some somebody lives in the Shtachem? Why why do you have the Shaila before? I agree with that hundred percent. But Lamai said okay, guy so if he's shul in the Shtachem, would they should they have a gun or not? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they should be living in the Shtachim. It's a it's a Sakana well Russia didn't answer such Shilas. That's uh if they, 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 they live in a place where they feel they have to have guns, they'll be to the Machim Sakhana, they have a place, another place not to live there, they shouldn't live there. Now, if they do live there, that's what you call it before the person is at the ear, which is some of the Safar, then you have to go out, you have to go protect yourself, you have to go out with, it, with, with weapons to protect yourself, and it's a, it's not a particular situation. You, you have to stop and put himself in something, but do you have a particular situation? Well, you have to go with a gun again. People that start keep going with guns in places where they don't have proper airlifts, that uh, that's, uh, have all kinds of attainment, because that was just, you know, there's absolutely no... Well, you, you do have the Aracha Shulchan, who, who is based on the Rav Shulchan Aracha, who, who the Rav, I'm not Shulchan Aracha, the Rav is Mishnayis. He held it to Begad, yeah. For a military you know, person. A, a military person. So, okay, so it could be everyone living in the, in the what's name. Everyone living in the Shtachim has a dead of a military person. Now, the soldiers that go around, the soldiers and police, they go with God. So, so let me ask you a question. So let's talk about, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, not in the Shtachim. The people who, who lived in the, in the Harnoi Shil, right? The, you know, with the, Baal, the big Talmud Chachim was, was the Rav there, the Orchah Shabbos, right? Wouldn't have they been better off if there were a few guns in the Shul? I don't think it would have helped because if it came in so quickly and people there were doubting seriously, so someone there will pull out the gun and everything. It's, uh, it's, uh, and also the Milton Loschiak. The Milton Loschiak, it's, uh, you know, caught by surprise. But I don't know if there have been a few guns at the show, how much that would have helped. 
That's, uh, what about, and, and when, Muhammad, when you look at all the yeshivas that were destroyed, I mean, most of the yeshivas were destroyed in World War II. Wouldn't it have been better if they had been able to protect themselves a little? What could they protect themselves? There were a few individuals dealing with with a, a bad army of, of Germans. Uh, how could they protect themselves? That is true. That's you know, have few few little guns. The you know, the more the more they shot people, the more more the more they took their anger out to other people. But the, 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 if you go through Europe, you go through the pogroms that happened in Shoals over like a thousand years. If the Eden had a, a ability to have guns, wouldn't it have been better? No, because that's what the, 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 the people made the pogroms physically. They were not stronger than us. You know, I had a story. I'll tell you a story. I used to go to listen to Shiurim by Rav Gustman, the Chayel of Racha. And I, you know, for, when I lived, when I was in Eretz Yisrael, and he. He 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 lived as a partisan in the forest for a few years. He lost his own his ben yachid and he was killed by the Nazis. So he was walking Friday night outside the show, outside his Nesach Yisrael. He was thinking and he was learning takfakai and he was walking up and down the street. And a whole bunch of Israeli soldiers were walking down the street, and they saw him, and they came across him, and he was like sitting. He looked like a shikel, like a malach. It was a Friday night, so. Uh, one of them said to him, Slichak for the Rav Shanachim Neshek. Excuse me, you know, we apologize that we're carrying guns. And he looked at them and he said, Do you know what I would have done at your age to be able to have a gun? Okay, well, we'll help him with the God visit. They would have catch him. Maybe we'll have killed a few people. But at the end, you know, the end, you know what will happen. The God wants to protect him. God maybe could have caused a little damage to the other side. You think with a little God, he could protect himself. I'm just telling you, my sister, this is this is the my sister. He, he obviously felt it would have made a difference. Yeah, okay. You know, that's uh, he's looking back to what well, was uh, 40 or 50 years back. There was uh, you know, what was the pleasant situation. That's uh, the partisan, okay. the, the organized partisan, they had guns. Yeah. So, Noam, just to make a maskana, you're saying in America, where it's not in Eretz Yisrael, even though it's Motala Halacha, the Hashkafa, if Yeshiva boys, to have a gun in Shul on Shabbos, and Chas Not to carry it Not to marry it outside, because Rosh Hashanah is a very big problem, which means in Brooklyn, to those who don't use the Erev, which are all B'nai Torah, don't use the Erev, or in Manhattan, Chas Kalvachayma, it would rather be us to carry it according to Rabbi Yashiv in a military person, according to Aruch HaShulchan, would be able to, whatever that means. Um, and um, but but in America, in, in America, but in Eretz Yisrael, where it's already more of a political thing, where it's an effort to you know, there's an effort to inculcate the Bnei Taira into the army. Teaching them guns would be a pesach for this over there. It would not be mutter even b'shas atchak. Correct. B'shas atchak means if it be a sekhonah, like when we also used to say, "Was all blind in the hate, you stay yeah. home." Nachum, it's 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 an honor to have you here, and um, it's an honor to hear over the sack from Rabbi Yashiv Ishmi Piyish. Yeah, it should all be mispalu. Should we pursue the comments with mispalu with more with more with more kavada? We have to daven with more kavada. We have to say tilim with more kavada. In the ikkum, we have to be zayikah to learn tayil l'shma. Call later tayil l'shma and zayikah to learn tayil l'shma. Amen. Yeah. Okay, see you soon. I'm going to see you soon. Call to the
Joining us from Chicago is Rav Moshe Revach. Rav Moshe is a Talmud of Passaic, the Talmud of Rabbi Mishu and Brisk. He's learned in Lakewood and learned in Archistral for many years. Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, he learned. He was in the Chicago Coil. He's the Rav of Oil Sfila. He's Rosh Hashiva of Skoki. He printed three Sfarim on Ribis, on Basta Bechalov, on Al Shabbos. Welcome, Rav Moshe. A great thing, Yisakayach. Thank you very much. So let's go through the halacha and maybe hashkafa of, of uh, is, a, is a gun muktzah on Shabbos? Um, that's a great shayla. Um, so a, this is a shayla, I would say the priest can discuss this. You know, Reb Shleim Zalman has, um, Reb Shleim Zalman holds that it's not muktzah. The reason is, is because, you know, when uh, the main purpose of a gun, I think if you look at the, the records in the police, most times that they pull a gun, they don't fire it. And certainly, you know, amongst, uh, amongst you know, civilians, it's mainly used to scare people. So the tachlis of scare. We always, whenever we look at an object and decide if it's muksa or not, we try to we try to determine what's the ikker, what is the ikker purpose of the item. If the ikker purpose is a non mulacha, and uh, so then it would be classified as non muksa. So if you have something that the main thing is to scare people, hagam that it has a secondary, um, you know, tachlis of performing a malacha, shooting something, which is certainly a malacha. Um, it would not be muksa. So Reb Shlomo Zalman says in Shlomo and Shmir Shabbos that um, it does not have a din of a muksa item. The main tachos is to scare people. There's a couple svaras uh, not like that. I think uh, you know the, the Rebbe Yashiv argues. He says that uh, that um, you know the main tachos is the shooting and which is a malacha. I glad I saw in Orcha Shabbos he brings down a svara from uh, Reb Shmuel Orbach that uh, if the main tachos of scaring it's a, an interesting svara. If the main is to scare, but the scare is based on a malacha, then uh, that also would be classified as a muksa item. So it's, you know, a whether or not it is muksa. Um, there's another svar I'll tell you say in a second, but... but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a mechudishtik svar. The main tashmish is beheta, but the beheta is because you could do it to Issa, so therefore it has a din of Issa. That's really a chedish. Does he have a yeah, right in that? I don't think I I, I I saw it quickly. I don't think there was any riot. It was a spur that he said. Um, it's I, I guess we can say that you know I'm coming to scare you. It's, it's it, you know it goes both of the ichor the 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 uh, the, the of, of this of this of this item is a malacha, and I'm I'm showing you what I'm about to do with it. He's, I think he has a problem with saying that um, the main thing is to scare you to, to scare you by showing you I'm doing a malacha. So in other words, you're about to use it for a malacha. You can, you can definitely handle with the svara, but uh, Rishlam Zaman does not is not bothered obviously by the kasha. And what would be an askamina lahalacha if it's a klisha malachte leisser, which you say Rishlam, which are Yashiv and Rishmol Oyabachold, or if it's a klisha malachte leheter? Uh, so that's a great kasha. So the 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 if, if a person, let's say for example, if a person needs a klisha malachte leisser, and the, that's the only malacha, Mr. Brewer says that you know if you can't find any other any other kli except for klisha malachte leisser, and you need that for um, uh, for something that's heter, so it would be mutter to move. So technically, there should be no nafkamina. If I'm picking up the gun in order to walk to to to, to shul or to to yeshiva in order to feel safe, so right now I'm picking it up for a tzairech. So even even if it's a klisha malachte leiser, it would be um, mutter to move because it's a it's a gufay, it's a gufay, it's a mekayme that would be mutter. 
There are several nafkaminas. First of all, a nafkamina would be, let's say, um, you know, you, you, you left it out and um, it's not a sakana. You know, there's no little kids that can get to it. Uh, you left it on your counter. You don't need it. You don't need the, the, the makram over there. And right now you're not walking to yeshiva. So according to Bishlam Azam, and it's a klisha malachtila heter, it's mutter to move around. It's like you let to move around the fork. And for any tzayach b'chlal, if it's, if you need to, if, if it's, not, if it might get wet or whatever, you need to save it for, it's mutter to move around. According to Bishlam, according to Rabbi Yashiv, it's a klisha malachtila is. Itaka would be uh, Itaka would be Itaka would be You won't be allowed to move it. There's another sad over here. There's two more you know, things to discuss in Yochus Muksar, but I won't you know go too long here. But there's a Klisha Malachte, a Muksar Machmas Chisan Kiss. If you have something that you only use for a for a Gavisazat for a certain thing, like um, I I only use my passport or something like that, so then it's possible that it becomes a Klisha Malachte, a Muksar Machmas Chisan Kiss. But many places can hold that if the item is used at least somewhat for um to be a clee, then there's no restriction of, of kiss. According to Rabbi Yasha, we have a shaila, like why isn't uh, according to Rabbi Yasha that it's a Krishmalachtila Isr, we have to discuss why is it not a Muksamachmaskar and Kiss, which is a much far more serious type of muksa. It might not even have the heter of uh of Sarah Gufay. I mean the simple answer I would say is that it's Foreign kiss is something that there's an element of uh, delicate, right? It's uh, think, paper gets mm-hmm. when it was expensive, was easily. Today, it's hard to make the argument that paper would be much to much the foreign kiss. But in the, in the olden times, paper was very expensive. You know, famously, the menchaschinach was poor, but the original menchaschinachs were one long jumble of Russia Tavis that he try, was trying mm-hmm. to save on paper. But today, paper is not. So, it's, so there's a, a gun is a very um, it's made out of steel. It's a very rugged thing. I mean, it's not easily damaged. But I would say that that would take away the element of chsarin kiss. Like the knife of the chesed, on the other hand, is chsarin kiss because it's very easily damaged. Or a sake and lamila, they're expensive. They're very delicate. If it has the tiniest niche, it would be niche and it would be puzzle. So the, you see across the, the concept of chsarin kiss, um, delicacy and value. I don't think a, a gun, which is a very forged, heavy piece of steel, that would be my thought. I'd love to hear you. I hear that's a, that's a great that's a great look. I definitely hear it. But I, I guess it would depend on the owner's uh, and and the user's relationship to the gun. If you have a person who's you know he, he handles the gun as if he's like as if it, it can shoot at any moment and he he won't use it to touch it. It's like a, you know this is a gun it could shoot so and he's like a very trepidatious before he touches it. So then there might not be such a look. But you're right. If you have a guy who is so like nonchalant with his gun and he like he and and, and the people who mamish use guns all the time and they have three or four around the house lying on the table and you know they, they toss them around and their mom is not scared of them then I'm asking yeah I'm asking to your head like it really depends on the person's relation let me go off a guy asked me a shyland shoulder week. he said um and he said it's not so relevant you know I think all the time but under times when there's heightened alerts like two weeks ago that day of rage blah 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 so um he said if I saw something happen there's nothing I could do if I'm walking down the street. I don't have a phone on me. He asked me, would it be mutter to carry a phone on Shabbos in a place where there's a neighbor? Um, that's a great, Shaila. Um, if a person is mamish feeling nervous and uh, and uh, and he, he, he you know he can't. Um He's uh, he, he's he's scared mamish like you're saying. So then there would definitely be makam. I mean, the makam to 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 be make. I mean, it would be a specific case, and I don't want to say across America it's mutter to carry a phone nowadays. You know, going to a hospital, let's say. 
let's say a person's in a car going to a hospital with uh, for a baby. So I know a lot of Paiskim uh, don't like if you take your phone, um, uh, you know, in the car. With Lamaisa, I, I have had situations with people who needed to make a call on, on, on the, you know, speak to the doctor about specific things that were happening on the way to the hospital, and uh, they didn't have a phone. And since then, I've been telling everybody, yeah, it's better to take a phone in such a situation. Um, uh, so I would say... No, this is, the question is, is, what is, 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 I'm asking you, is, is a phone look? So that's what I'm asking you, a cell phone. Yeah, so generally we have a phone as a muksa. It's the same idea. Phone is considered a muksa, and and, uh, and uh, again, I, perhaps if somebody's mom is so delicate, would have a concern. No, so probably not. And um, and uh, mm-hmm. a phone could be used for a number of uh, ways. And one is uh, some people could use their phone as an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Right, a phone could be used. If a phone will marshal, after you, you plan, you get a new phone because you plan, you offer you a new phone. What do you do with the phone? You don't throw it out. You give it to your Aniko or your kids to play with. So I don't remember who, but a number of pipes can hold that a, a phone is a cliche. So it would be right. Muslim, it's, or, in, uh, so it would be Muslim, so in which right. case, carrying, would you say carrying it to Sholan Shabbos because you have trepidation? If you want yeah, to use it, it just in case, then would have yeah, it in there. And it would be the same thing. It would be, it's a, that's what we were saying. It's a Christian, if it's true, you know, we have to make sure that we're not buying into all these. It has to be a real, a real spara. In other words, I needed to go to shul, otherwise I'm going to have, not, not necessarily a clinical panic attack, but I, I, I push it. I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous to go to shul. I'm very nervous to, and it's of course within the era of not being matter, uh, you know, an isra here, but since it's tzarech gufay, so it's not, it's not usr bechlal. I'm doing it because I need it. And yeah, tzarech hanami would be mutter. Not a klishma lachter lehater, but it's a klishma lachter leisra tzarech gufay. I would just add one, one thing to this. I would say that I, I agree with you that it's a cliche malachis, which smukalatar gufa, and here the gufa is I want to have the phone so that I feel safe when I go to show. And therefore, I, 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 you know, even if the person feels a little bit worried, it should be mutta. But I would, I would add on the caveat is I know people who, and it's an assignment, I know people who become members of Hatzalah who would have not been pagim their Shabbos. And then I know people, sadly, that they've become members of, you know, different types of emergency responses, and they're always driving here and driving there, and, and at a certain point, the Shabbos just becomes cow by them. So I would just say that even if halachically it's mutta, it should be done with a sense of trepidation because the slippery slope of losing the chaymer of Shabbos is, 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 is really a very dangerous slope. That's what I would just yeah. couple that. I am, David, I'm totally masking. And the truth is, this is up to a rabbi. Please should not be making this, uh, this call by himself. He should call his rabbi and say, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, should I carry the phone? And the rabbi shouldn't be able to know him personally enough whether, that, whether or not he's taking advantage of the situation or, or not. I once heard from somebody, I don't remember who, but a guy comes to a rabbi and says, you know, I need to eat on Yom Kippur. I need to drink. I need to drink. Mama's passing out. I have to. So the rabbi says, okay, you know, you can have a, a spoonful of water or whatever. But for every spoonful, you have to give me a hundred dollars. So like, you know, you have to be able to handle with the with the people. If it's if if you think the person's taking advantage of the situation and he's gonna it's, Shabbos will become cow, so the rabbi the rabbi has to be astute enough to tell him no. And if it's but if it's a person, a lady, she has to go to you know walk to the mikvah or something, and she has to she's she's mamish. It's it's fearful. It's whatever. And and and, and this would help the, the situation. And it won't make Shabbos God. And the the Rav has to design each situation. But I'll tell you, it's Mustama Mater. A guy lives in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Chicago, cities of millions of people. And according to Ramosha, had a dinner of a Shusharabim Daraisa, and he forgot his gun at home. 
And Boylan was counting on him bringing it. So um, could he could he put the gun in the holster and take it to Sholomat? And obviously, if it's a massive of Pikuach you could do anything. We're talking about it's a massive of heightened security, or, or maybe as part of the ENSL, let's get you into a question. What is considered a massive of Pikuach right? In which case, you certainly would be a Lado. What is not considered a massive of Pikuach and can you do it in that case? And so this is a, a great child again. Um, I would say, you know, like you said, if it's, if it's because Nefesh Fashtetach is not a Shaila, and actually the Shaila is what are the Chabra doing in Shul. Uh, could be it was a Matzah like two weeks ago, you know, where they were in Shul, and suddenly you realize that uh, there's a need for a gun. Obviously, Fashtetach, there's no, there's no, no Shaila, so of course you run home and you get your gun. Other than the Matzah of Mamash Pikuch Nefesh, then L'Chaira, the pastor says that, um, uh, the pastor says that there's nothing, that, there's no heter to walk in Rosh Hashanah, and Kipshuta, even, uh, maybe, Carmelism saying there's no unless it's a, unless it's a real matzif of, of of danger you know if, if it's a, then uh, then it should not be mutter it's very hard to give a gather of what's considered a sakana like we're going to call the police chief and the police chief depending on you know their political leanings will either tell you yes you should rely on us or don't rely on us and uh, you know it's, uh, it's, it's it, you have to really be able to shut up based on you know correct information and and uh, and um, what what the authorities are giving you and your personal understanding so it's it's hard to get together of what's considered a massive of sakana. I would I, let me just add, let me just comment on this point because I think it's a very important point. One litmus test would be, and I think that it's an American law, but I think it was the same thing would apply to us. Ironically, is if a guy was going to the hospital and his wife was expecting, she was giving birth. And he went through a red light, and, and he got photographed, and he got a ticket in the mail. And he went in front of the judge, and he said, look, Your Honor, my wife was, had, was giving birth. She gave birth an hour later in the hospital, went through a red light. Uh, most judges, uh, illegally, uh, for utilitarian, that would be considered enough of a danger where if he went through a red light, he would be let off the hook. right? And if you, and if you appealed it, if the judge was a jerk and you appealed it, you would win. Because right? that's considered um, a fire engine going through for put out a fire. All these things were, were litigated, and, and they said you're not, these are considered. So here's the question. If, if, it was, uh, if it was two weeks ago and you decided you had to get the gun to Schultz, so you went through a red light and the cop stopped you and you said, look, I heard ISIS said or Hamas said it's the day of rage and therefore I thought it was life, it was a life emergency. I think there was a better chance than that that you probably think it would stay. But come on, what? Because they said it, there's no more traffic laws in the United States. But I mean, that's not considered, I, I don't think that would be considered an, an imminent danger. I mean, I think Sakana's the fascist, like the way the, 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 the Yehuda explains it is, where the, the Sakana is in front of you, it's real, it's and wide, clear and present and danger. Yeah, clear and present. I don't think that some guy said, hi, everybody's concerned, of course, you know, but is that considered, you know, clear and present danger? I think that, I mean, Rukidegis has, has to be more than one in a thousand. So did anybody think that there was more than a one in a thousand that would be considered? My, I mean, like you said, he's a very vague type of, you know, Hagdoris, but you're saying if it's clear and imminent danger, clearly you don't want to bribe the show with a gun on Shabbos. So get about to Rosh Hashanah. But if it's not, I'm saying if we're talking about a danger, so then why is anybody going to show? Why is anybody going to show if it's taka a danger? We're, we're maxed on circumstances and, you know, is that... Uh, right, right. Okay, so is there any heter? If a guy says, look, I, could you find me a heter? What would you say? Um, okay, so it's a great title. There is a um, an Orach HaSulchan that some people quote to wear a gun, um, but that's specifically for a 
soldier or somebody during a matzav of Melchama, perhaps that will apply, and it probably does apply nowadays in Eretz Yisrael, for, and I'm imagining specific members of the military there, um, but I don't think it would apply to a regular person, even if he's on Shemrim or any of these, um, any of these, uh, um, any of these groups we have here too, but in Chicago, but um, I, 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 I would imagine that it does not apply to them. Um, so he's talking specifically about wearing it, not holding it in your hands. You can't hold that and you know even still but Afalpikin so maybe you'll, you'll put it in, in a holster and you walk to shul perhaps a soldier will have that first of all Roy Faiskim are not masking him he's going against the Mishnah he's touching up the Mishnah in his own ways and he's Darach Shulchan I'm not uh but when I say Roy Faiskim he is quoting a Rav Shulchan not a Shulchan Aruch a Rav Ajibar Tanuri he's just basically quoting the Rav when he says the Salacha what Rav is saying is the Mishnah says in Shabbos that uh, you're not allowed to go out with a clay mochama. That a rab says, yeah. but a, a, but a warrior, because it's not considered clothing. Right. right. And the rab says, but but a warrior who it is his clothing is allowed to go out. And the Rachashulchan quotes that lahalacha that somebody who is it is his clothing because he's a warrior or that's what you know he's accustomed to wear that would be able to go out. And 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 like he says, Ramosha and other places can point out is that Rashi does not learn shot in the Mishnah like the Rav. Like right. the so, yeah. so, so now you want to know. And, and 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 what's driving? By the way, what's driving the Rachashulchan? Um, the Rachashulchan lived in Russia circa you know, mid-1800, and there were many, many Jews who were drafted by the military to be in the army um, under, mm-hmm. under Tsar Nikolai, under those, you know, the Xeris, the 25 years, the Kamadantin, etc. And he was trying to find a heter for them. So he said, I have a heter for them. The heter is, the Rajabar Tanura says, if you're a warrior and it's clothing, then you're allowed to go out with clothing on Shabbos. And the Mishra is talking about somebody who's not a warrior. And so the question is, do we or don't we pass them like that, or a Hashokhan? And, and you're saying, you're pointing out that, uh, that Ramayish's Rebel Yashiv disagreed with him pretty vehemently as well. Yeah, so, I, 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 yeah, so Lamaisa, it would be very difficult in, to, to rely on it. And I'm pointing out also that it's specifically for members of the military. So, you, you know, the original Shiloh, which is like, for some reason, Everybody thinks that they need my gun over there. I don't think would be a there anyways, even if I'm part of. So let's, say, part. It's not let's, say, let's say somebody was a security guard. Would he be able to? Would he be able if he if you held like that or a hashulchan? Um, I you know I guess it would be. Uh, <laughs> A way to touch it, Baruch Hashem. I'm not sure. I I I I would lean into the direction of saying no, Gada. I mean, it's it's uh, the, the uniform of it's the uniform of a hey, maybe you could say a, shim, a, a shimer of a shul if he's wearing an official uniform, like he's an official police officer, maybe yeah. But if he's if it's just uh, if he's just one of the members of the shul who has been appointed, even if he's like the shamer of the shul, I would imagine not. I would imagine that it's not. Uh, it doesn't get the. It, 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 he's calling it the uniform of, of a soldier. So you have a policeman outside who's marked, and he's a. Uh, maybe you can consider him part of the military, and that's considered his uniform. But Stam, the guy who's the shamer, that, it's not the uniform is not the gun. It's part of the the overall uniform. That's what I would imagine. Even I'll be the Interesting. Okay, so you're saying the better thing is leave it in show. Get to shot. Get to shul before Shabbos. Lock it up in the safe then, and uh, and or leave right. it in shul. But be- better not to bring it. Right. Right. Let me ask you another question. Um, are ladies allowed to carry guns? 
Um, it's a great shayla. There's a um, an iser grada for a lady to uh, carry a gun out of the She's not allowed to wear. She's not allowed to wear a men's uh, men's clothing. And part of that, we consider a man is, is supposed to be able to go to mechama. So uh, and women are not meant to go to mechama. This is one of the uh, mechamas. And um, uh, so uh, we have. Um, so there's grada and iser for a lady to go ahead and carry a gun. Now grada Reb talks about it, and Reb says. That in a, in a month where a lady is nervous or a lady is scared to walk around, and it's possible that a small handgun or pistol or whatever would not be a problem because kipshutai the 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 idea of Klimochama uh, is a bigger gun, or there's obviously no guns in the time of Chazal, it was a weapon of war. So nowadays he says a weapon of war is a bigger gun, and you can imagine an M16 or something like that, where, you know, that's, that's, that's something that soldiers carry. Hagam that soldiers carry, um, you know, pistols as well, but that's not their choice weapon. Um, and therefore, it would be mutter for a lady to carry a gun, um, perhaps not the, you know, so a lot of people ask our ladies allowed to go to shooting ranges or the classic question, you can have a go to, uh, going on a date or something or over a trip, things like that, so can they go to a shooting range? I mean, based on that, if you go straight with the hetel, then perhaps it's mutter to um, to have them, even if it's not a matter of sakana, because there's no longer the, the, the isabachlal on those type of weapons. He's lying if it's a nice thing for <laughs> Basi Israel to do, but I'll leave that to her father or husband. Um, uh, you think but, um, boys, now, bo- boys now take girls to shooting ranges on a date? I have been asked the Shaila many times. Oh, many times I've been asked the Shaila. But I always tell them that if you go to the ones that have uh, big, wow. uh, you know, big guns, like M16s, that they can't shoot. Wow. Interesting. Different dating than when I was dating, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm not um, sure what number date this is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, are you allowed to bring a gun into show? Why do I say? So Shulchanaruch and Uzzuk Beis says you're not allowed to bring a knife or a weapon into Shul, and it's based on what the what the Rishonim say, because the Shul is a mocking that you're supposed to be myrich, uh, the life of a person, not to be makaks of the life of a person. So are you allowed to bring a gun into a Shul? Um, that's a great challenge. Like, like, uh, like you said, it's a Shulchan Aruch. Um, Mr. Brewer uh, over there brings down that if it's, if it's covered, he's an Eli Rabba, if it's covered, it would be mutter. So, um, I would say that um, if there's a need, Tzitzeliezer it discusses it as well. He, Lechatzila, says, you know, if you could not bring it in, then don't bring it in. But nowadays, when everybody's walking around nervous, so you could probably, um, as long as it's, you know, concealed, as it should be anyways, at least in Chicago, I'm not in New York, but um, it's got to be, a, you know, a concealed carry over here, and you can't show it to Rabbim anyways. So in, in that matzif, where and nobody's seeing it, he has there a, 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 a paragraph about, you know, covered but noticeable, so lechatzila it shouldn't be noticeable, Baklal. But if it's not noticeable, Igad um, has another. Tzitzilah uh, has another aid of taking out the bullet. But if a person is, uh, you know, goes into, um, has a concealed carry, and he's he's walking into shul now on Shabbos because he's nervous with a gun, he's being famous, let us not muksa. His mom is thinking about what's going on. Kipshute would be mutter as long as it's covered. I would I would add a heta that I did not see brought in the Tzitzilah or in the other Paiskim. The Shulchan Aruch is discussing a guy wants to bring a weapon into Shul. He's a, he's a soldier, he's davening, or he's a, a shaykhit, and he's davening, and he puts down a weapon on the thing, and he's davening. So that's that's in poor taste. The Shul is about being Mayrach Yom of Shaladam. It's not about bringing weapons in. Now, is the gun that the security guard is wearing in the show, is that to be Bayrach Yamim of the Mispalim or to be Makat to the Yamim of the Mispalim? 
Here, the, the weapon is not being brought into Shul, Agavorcha, because you're passing through the Shul and you have a weapon. Here, it's to protect the Mispalim. And that's not the case that the Rishonim were discussing. Well, I, I mean, the Rishonim were probably not discussing where the guy was out to kill the other Chavra in the Shul. I understand but that. He's he, talking about somebody who is bringing... A, 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 you're, 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 you have a big knife, a dangerous knife, you have to dab him. So you bring it into the Shul and you put it down or you're into davening. I mean, what's this weapon doing in a show? It's in very bad taste. I see it's thing, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, the, it's just the weapon. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the mikra here. The weapon is here to protect the mispala. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not the case of the, of the paiskim. So I was just, I know it's not just, so you don't, in that case, you wouldn't have to cover it. And you would, you know what I mean? It, it, this, it, this is here to be mayrachiveim, not to be makatsiveim. Mm-hmm. I hear. There's uh, a similar halacha by you. I hear the story. It's a There's got a heter. It's got an iser by by Birka Samozin also. Right? The tiles yeah. asks the kasha. Uh, over there also, it's because it's the sakin is 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 uh sakin is mikatsa yomav. So and over there, it, 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 the sakin is on the table just to cut bread. It's not to cut. Uh, not although okay. So you'll say that it's not in poor taste. Um, no, but over there also, they, they, there's, there, it, it's there specifically to, it, it, it's there to help the meal, and Ava Beacon is an, an Indian in covering it. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, it's there to help the meal, but it's as a weapon. Okay, but valid point from Moshe, yeah. Let me ask you uh, a last question. Um, some people are very disturbed, you know. It was always by Yeshiva life, we always had the most say, Hayadayim Yedayesav, and now we're talking about uh, yeshiva boys or yeshiva life, learning of how to shoot guns and go for training for guns. And people are sort of like they're, they're, it goes against their whole training. It goes against their whole, what's your hagash in it? You know, yeshiva man picking up a gun. I can tell you, the first time I picked up a gun, I thought like, okay, I expected Asa to pop out of the gun. Hashkafically, <laughs> how do we look at guns? Should we be training in guns? I mean, do we do we do we say, look, you know, you know, the Davar Melech had an army, and Moshe Rabbeinu had an army, and Yeshua had an army, and Shlomo had an army, and look, there are times you know you have to have an army, right? How do we look at guns? Right. I mean, so that's a great Shaila. If anything, we can we can even twist the Shaila a bit. But saying there's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that discusses those uh, if you're going to be made on 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 uh, if you're going to be made on on uh, on on, on on the new moon. So the Gemara says that uh, you have to go and you have to take, one of the things you have to take is, is weapons. Um, uh, so even if you go on your way to do a mitzvah, and we're talking about people who are going to be made, Sanhedrin, Agadol, so it's, it's like a, it's a, this is, um, it is definitely, and the Gemara is full, like you mentioned, you know, full of, uh, of people who are, ha- who have weapons. The Gemara in Marcus discusses if you, you know, if you're allowed to sell weapons specifically in Orimikla, it's Mashma, everywhere else they sold weapons with no problem. I would say that um, we have to be careful the the reason why you know we're scared we're we're, we're we say rely on the police and everything like that is because it could be you know we rely on uh, maybe too much on on on, on the local police um, it could be I, I you know I, I definitely have the same hashkafa you know <laughs> you know uh, as uh, as uh, you know not touching guns and like but the mice in the end of the day it's it's something that's definitely there's no restrictions in uh, in, in 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 Chazal and Pakeret you have to take a gun you have to take a weapon you have to be uh, Shmuel it's Mavur and Shmuel owned a big dog to protect himself. 
for those who want to, you know, dog ownerships yeah. and things. So it's like uh, we we grew up in America and we're like rely on the police and say hi to the police and the police will protect you and you know. Some we don't want to say the, the the golden age is running out, but at the same time we have to know that it's um it's uh and and for forget we're always relying on Hashem. But if you don't want to put too much too much um yeah I. I, I like like I said before, you know, you have to ask the police. The, the, the police themselves sometimes tell the citizens to, to arm up. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, there's, I, I would say that it's the, the proper. It's mavur through throughout Chazal that, uh, that there are, there comes a time when you have to buy a weapon, and um, and, and I mean, the, the, anybody who buys a weapon shul, has to know how to use it. The Shulchan Aruch in, in Shin Chavtes talks about Ir Hasmucha Lasapar, a city that mm-hmm. is close to the Gavol. Shaboa la nachrem and goyim came on Shabbos. Um, the halacha is yaitzin aleim b'klizayin on Shabbos. You go mm-hmm. out um, and and it's before in the place came that today everything has a dear yeras mukhalasapar. Now that we're in Gala, a yaitzin aleim b'klizayin. You go out with weapons on Shabbos to defend the, the city. I mean, where did they get their weapons from? It seems the Shulchan Aruch has done for a pashtus, and none and none of the paiskim say. Kleizayin, Sarachian, uh, how did you have Kleizayin? What are you doing with Kleizayin? It seems right. that it was understood that you had to have Kleizayin. And, and, and by the way, Agavorka, something fascinating that the Bach in Simon, I think it's Reish Memtes, it could be wrong, but I'll, 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 I think that's where the Simon is. He says that why do you go out the Kleizayin on Shabbos to protect them? He says because it has a din of a Mochemes mitzvah. The Rambam in Anochus Malachim says that. When a tsar hatsoyer, when when a, somebody comes to you know to endanger the lives of Eden, that's what he how he defines a, a, a mochamas mitzvah. Now, simply, the Rambam is talking about in zman of you know when there's a melech and there's a, and the beis hamigdash, etc. But the, this halacha is brought in Arachaim, so it's clearly Shulchan Aruch is not talking about zman abayis. Shulchan Aruch is talking about an hour mm-hmm. time. So the, so the Bach, no. I think it's a Reshmem test, it's a hundred Sabanim earlier, says that um, that it's because it has a din of Mohammed's mitzvah, in other words, Mohammed's mitzvah, even in Kutzlaret, and even the Zmanazeth. And what would be, by the way, an Askimina? An Askimina would be, let's say you heard there's a certain show or a certain thing that was being attacked. But if it was Samadin of to be Matzel, for a matzal, you don't have to put yourself in sakana, right? We like come aboard the 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 chalkit mechaykek at the end of chayshem ishbet and like tachav dalad. But for a mochemes mitzvah, you would be mechuyiv to put yourself in sakana. This is no there's no there's no heter of pikuach nefesh by a mochemes mitzvah. The heter of a mochemes to put yourself in sakana. So according to the Bach, ir hasmucha lasapar and yaitzu alayim bekuzayin. Even if you're putting yourself in sakana, person is mechuyiv to do it. A little bit of a run-on sentence, but I just thought it's a interesting halacha. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I said over. I don't know if that you know. You, you say how you know we always relied on the police. They say that the show was going out one night, and all fifty or sixty people Friday night were leaving show, and they say you see two hooligans coming towards them. So all the youth look at each other and they say, "Uh oh, this is dangerous because there's two of them, and we're all alone." <laughs> Ramosha, one last question for you, okay? Should mm-hmm. all shuls be making a mishaberach for the soldiers and for the shuyim? Uh, okay, so that's a great question. Um, so in my shul, I mean, this is, you know, obviously a difficult question. I'm not going to tell other rabbanim um, <laughs> or anybody what to do. Um, 
I'll just answer for myself. I mean, as uh, you know, in my shul and in, in yeshiva over here, we we have been saying it. Um, we started at the beginning. We started saying it at the beginning of uh, you know of this war. Um, and uh, the reason, obviously, is because uh, we're you know we're mistatis in the tsar of. Uh, of, 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 of and, and, and we're davening, everybody's davening this. Can, right now, Baruch Hashem, there's a, a tremendous amount of actors across the Gantz, so and um, it's, we're all, you know, crying for those who are injured, and then Rahman al killed, and, and then by and giving physic to those who are, and davening for those who are going to war. So, Aviva, it's only a tefillah of, um, uh, you know, offering <laughs> davening. So then, it's it's something that is considered. Uh, um, I felt that it was decided to go ahead and do. But again, I'm not here to answer uh, to tell other rabbanim what to do. I understand. Do you understand those that don't? <laughs> it's, it's, what's you know what's the pshat of, of why somebody else wouldn't say it? It's the mind. So this is uh yeah. I, one thing we have to know. This is this is every single person is doing things lishma. Um, every single rav. No rav is sitting there and and we're all crying inside on. On the uh, for, for the soldiers who were killed and for the, the shibuim, those people who were, were captured, and uh, you know, this is a, a, a terrible monster for Shtetzach. And um, nobody is is an achzor not to be crying. Everybody, every single shul is having additional tehillim, is having additional kabbalas, is having additional learning, is, is going to asifas. Is everybody across the board uh, from, from so across the board is being mechazek in, in miracle ways, and Kali so is mamas coming together specifically. Uh, you know, specifically this tefillah, um, obviously is, you know, it's an old machlekes, and uh, some people don't want to be mitzyaches. It's not the, so punk this way, they're not doing it. It doesn't mean that the chasas are not davening for Kali so, and, uh, but we have to make sure that we know that. We have to make sure that every, everybody has to know that everybody else right now is mamish lishma, and uh, we have different ways of serving the Rebbein Shalom, and um, it's b'chalal, not, um, Bechalam, not uh, a shayla, somebody who never had the Messiah in their shul to be misyaches to these tefillahs, to not punk say this tefillah, but say three kapit of tehillim after davening, and adding a seder and learning and davening and, 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 and be mekabal Shabbos 10 minutes early, and like they're doing, a, they're doing a, you know, kabbalas and everybody each in their own way, but that's the, the, the ikun akuda to know is that there's, you know, many ways to serve Kali so and again, I'm not here to answer for other rabbanim, this is my own personal opinion, but uh, everybody, we're all totally this is Achtos. We have our own ways of serving the Rebbeinu Shalom, and um, and uh, it comes out in different ways. Some say this, some say the tefillah that has been written, and some and some say this uh, has been written in this way, and some not. So it's uh, the, the shayla doesn't really bother me. That's like uh, how come some people don't say it if I say it? It's like it doesn't really bother me. But uh, I, everybody is lishma. That's the ik we have to know, and ik after we go by the rest. Yeah, this is really fabulous. Thank you very much. We enjoyed you this very time. Thank you so much to you. A great year, Sakaiah. Joining us from Chicago is Yoni Burstyn. He's a Talmud of Demir and Rishalayim, of Rabbi Elephant, a Talmud of Rabbi Center, who we, are, we had on last week, etc. Yoni uh, runs a nursing home during the day and during the evenings and on Sundays. He trains the uh, Jewish community in Chicago and uh, how to defend themselves and defend their shoals. Welcome, Yoni. Great to be here, Bobbin. So tell us, what do you do? What is your communal um, um, resource that you're bringing to the Chicago community? Um, sure, yes. So um, Illinois was one of the, the last states, uh, was about eight years ago, that, um, 
that passed the law for a constitutional concealed carry. And there was a huge influx of people in the community that were getting their permits. And we would have a shoal of, let's say, 100, 150 people, and you'd have 30 people carrying. And it was very alarming amongst many people that they're not necessarily properly trained. You know, they might have the permit, but there needs to be real adequate training over there. Um, so I was called upon, and I went through all of the training to become the instructor there and to be recognized by the issuing uh, state police that issues the permits. And, uh, and Baruch Hashem, you know, it's uh, becoming very, um, it was very accepted amongst all, all segments in the community to have, uh, have people not just get their permits, but to actually know the mechanisms of the firearm and understanding that what we have on ourselves is not just um, a toxic, but it's, it's actually something that can be lethal. So explain to us, you know, many people I know have gotten licenses and carry licenses and are going to show, and many of them don't have training. Maybe they, they want, you know, they took that four-hour course you have to take. What, what describe to us what is training? So um, number one is you need to feel very, very fluid um, and uh, very connected with your firearm. You shouldn't be able to uh, feel any sort of uh, shakiness. It's, you should have a very fluid feel with it. Um, I see people at the range, you know, the, the lay next to me, and they're holding their firearm like, like a beginner person holding a large professional camera, uh, shaking it around and not having that that seamless type of, uh, of hold with it. So training, again, it's not just, you know, filling out the paperwork and then just going to the range and shooting a paper, but it's being very familiar with the mechanics, drawing the firearm when you have to, and more so when you're in, let's say, a shoulder base medrash, which most of the time, because of the growth of the from community, we, we exceed the capacity from that's suggested by the fire department. And if class is shown there is a threat, and you have 20 people throwing out their guns, um, as somebody who is an instructor and has seen you know countless videos of uh, places uh, throughout the world, um, that's more of a harm than a uh, than a resource if uh, people are not trained and have many guns and we're in a closed area such as in a show. And how long does it take to get trained? Um, so in Illinois, there's a minimum mandatory of 16 hours of training that I sign off on. Um, and yes, yeah, so we go through a pretty rigorous uh, few days before I sign off on people to be able to uh, get their permits. And without that, you can get a license before the 16 hours? That is correct. And then, of course, there's the state side, which is all of the all of the background checks and so on and so forth. So let's say New York State, where where I live, it's much more um, abbreviated process. How would you suggest the people in New York to get trained, or for that matter, states other than Illinois? Who don't um, have so that's yeah. Okay. I mean, definitely get trained within a group. Um, obviously, try to have a law enforcement person come out to the show that you're by to understand the specific parameters that are needed in the event of a threat, um, whether it's just clearing out the rooms, avoiding any crossfire. Um, we actually have a show that I'm by, and there's various shows we do have once a year on active shooter scenario training um, that takes place specific for any base measures that you would like or any building that you would like. Um, that is something that is uh, is paramount and very important to make the training unique to the, the physical place that, um, that you're trying to keep secure. Do you, do you know anyone in New York State who does what you do in Chicago? Um, I do not. 
No, because Chicago, it's not just, for Illinois, it's not just a general, like, NRA instructor certification to to give off to a student. Like, Florida has that, Arizona. Um, to be an instructor in Illinois, it's specific to the, the issuing department, which is the Illinois State Police, uh, to be an instructor here. So it, it's very difficult to be an out-of-state instructor. But I, there could be, but I don't know anybody. And how important is it to get trained? Like, is a show better having somebody untrained? Well, better somebody with no gun. Better with no gun, 100%. Explain to us why. But let's say you have why? somebody who's gone to the range, he knows how to shoot, but nothing wrong for training. What's the what's the danger of that? Um, so, again, does he have that sense of a pachad and the respect for a firearm? That's really what it comes down to. And that's something that I try to instill in my students, that when you have a gun on you, you are a totally different person. There's no getting upset. There's no road rage when you're driving. There's no getting upset if somebody cuts you online by the herring and kickle buffet. It's um, you're very stealthed, and you look in your surroundings. You're very cool. Um, so definitely, your mindset is something that is extremely, extremely important. I've had students that I did not sign off on a certificate. They got all their shots within the chest of the paper, but their attitude was very uh, was uh, very Lebedic. had a lot of levity. They didn't understand the severity of carrying a gun. And after a few more sessions, then I, I felt comfortable signing off on them. Um, but to just be like a cowboy, so to speak, is definitely more destructive and will do more harm than uh, than protection. Interesting. So it's about not taking it seriously without COVID race. That's, that's, the, that's the key thing? Yes. Yes, I mean, you don't have to constantly be, you know, anxiety in it, you know, to constantly be worried and paranoid in it, but just take the necessary uh, precautions to be able to keep our community safe. What type of a gun do you recommend to your students? Um, so there's many fans out there that are big fans of uh, of uh, Sig Sauer's and HK. I personally do not purchase any German guns, um, as well with Vienna, Austria. Um, Glock is a very popular gun, um, but there are many Jews that went to DP camps in Vienna, and they were lied to, and they also got, um, unfortunately, murdered during um, the end, uh, during the times of the Holocaust. Um, I personally like the Smith & Wesson M&P Shield. Um, it's got a nice, uh, nice and compact. Nice magazine. Is that, an, is, that, is that a nine millimeter? It, you can get it in different calibers. The caliber that I prefer is nine millimeter. That is my preference, and it is made in America. What other advice would you give the, all the listeners who all have who all go to show? What advice would you give them? Okay, fine. So when you're carrying, make sure you have a good holster. All right, go to your local gun store. Don't just buy one on Amazon. Maybe even spend a few hundred hours on just the holster. Get a genuine leather or kydex, whether you're wearing it on uh, appendix or you're wearing it on your side. Um, it's something that is uh, it, it gets easily overlooked, um, the comfort level really? of what the holster should be, yes. A few hundred dollars on a holster, okay, important. Not a few, yeah. a, 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 between 100 and 200 dollars, yes. A genuine okay. leather Galco holster will, will run you about a hundred dollars. Yes. You can buy holsters on Amazon for twenty, twenty five dollars. But you need to again this is something that you're you're um holding with uh you know a lethal instrument here. So it's something that's very important over there. Don't be skimpy on that. Um, and then, again, if you do uh, bring to show, which, you know, everybody should be, there definitely needs to be coordinated. And I, I emphasize the word coordinated, coordinated training between whatever system your show has, whether you guys have greeters by the door, whether you have someone there that, you know, makes sure everybody has a seat. There definitely needs to be some sort of coordinated effort between 
all the people that are carrying guns and whatever security measures the shows have. You know, greeters, again, like I said before, are very common, but there needs to be a coordinated effort. It can't just be a, a balagan when the situation arises. Okay. That's Give us another, some more advice. Uh, more advice over there. Just remember, you know, in, uh, you know, what's different between the Torah approach between defending yourself and, and in American law, um, we all know in America you have a right to defend yourself whenever there's an imminent threat of death or great bodily harm. What is great bodily harm? It's a chuluke deus there. We're not going to get into that. However, in the Torah we learn that you, you don't have a right to do it. You're mechuyiv to do it. You have an obligation to save yourself. So we just keep that in mind that it's not just an obligation we have, it's a right. And with that right comes a lot of questions that you need to be prepared to answer um, to a jury in the event that you use your firearm in a just, even in a justifiable use of force. So um, every state is different, but definitely look up what questions you need to be prepared to answer, whether you're in a stand-your-ground state where you actually have to prove to the jury that you did everything else reasonably possible before you pulled out your firearm to do that justifiable use of force, and, um, and so on and so forth over there. Um, one thing I always stress very much is, especially in a show where it is um, a lot of rooms and there's long corridors and hallways, drywall, a bullet could go through drywall. And just always have in mind that what's going to be on the other side of the wall there, if you miss your target, it's going to be a young woman pushing a stroller. Just have that mindset before you pull your firearm out and there's a wall that goes into another room on the other side of the threat there. So just remember, you know, your name is on that bullet of whatever comes out of your firearm. So the legalities that you have to deal with are, are very serious. Give us another piece of advice. Wow, okay. Um, mindset, a very, very comfortable carry uh, um, mechanism, like I said before, and then I said just the legal ramifications. Um, lastly, I would say also very important, don't tell anybody you're carrying a gun. If your show has a rule that the rabbi needs to know or the head of security, but having a gun is an extremely private thing. Um, it's very, so if you wear a very tight-fitted suit, um, maybe get a little larger suit over there. Uh, definitely have an inside the waistband holster. I started wearing a Becca show last year, so Hashem, I don't uh, have to worry about that. Um, but for those that wear Becca shows, that's great. You know, you don't have to worry about it being tucked in, it being exposed. Um, so, um, so definitely being, uh, yeah, just being aware of that your firearm is actually concealed. Concealed means totally not uh, not visible and um, and not telling anybody that you're carrying a firearm. And why, why is it important not to tell anybody? Because maybe the guy next to you is not so into guns and he could get uncomfortable. Um, you, you don't want to be looked at as the gun guy there. And also, like, just what, what, what do they need? Like, why? What for? Like, what do they need to know for? What's the what's the Toelis for? It? I mean, maybe, if, if you're feel, maybe room, they feel... Maybe they feel comfortable that they, just like security, you know, when you see security, it comforts you, and he's wearing a uniform and a gun, maybe knowing who has the gun and knowing who they are adds an element of comfort. No, just know that there is armed people in the show. I don't think anybody else needs to know that. Um, you know, it, it's going to be found out, you know, who carries there, but I want it's to actually go out, you know, and telling people is something that I, uh, I strongly advise against. Um, yeah, nobody needs to know. It shouldn't be like, shouldn't broadcast it. Shouldn't go on like a podcast and just say everybody, yeah, that I carry. So that's uh, that's what I need to say over there. Yep. Yoni, thank you very much for your time. I would just ask you as an aside, 
if you know somebody who does what you do in New York, I'd love to be able to broadcast his name because we get a lot of listeners from uh, oh. New York, um, um, Florida. Uh, you know, just if you could just say, hey, here would be my count of hotties in here. So if you have intent, here are the people you should be calling to make sure your community, you're, do, you're doing it right. All right. Or they can reach out to me. I have some uh, contacts over there. But, yes, no, it's very, very important to not uh, overlook the importance of training. So uh, we should all yeah. just remember who the real Shaymer Yisrael is, and we just do a little bit of our Heshavos. Correct. Bernie, thank you very much for your time. All right. I'll get the next. Thank you. Bye-bye.